episode 53 of the Press Pass podcast presented by the Press Republican with Editor-in-Chief Joe LaTemplio, Night Editor Ben Rowe, I am Sports Editor Joey LaFranca, and well, Joe, it's not as hot, it's kind of cool, Ben Rowe has apple cider, it's been pretty nice. Um, not too bad, Joey Bats. Yeah. Um, two things, off the bat. Okay. One bad for Joey Bats. Yes, off the I, bat. didn't, I didn't even get an intro this week. Just, just yeah, he's going right into it. <laughs> one bad, one good. Episodes. <laughs> ben, no, we know, we know who Ben is. One bad, one good. Okay. Bad. Uh oh. You are a jerk. Uh-oh. Why? Because you introduced me to those salted caramel cookies. Oh, they're oh uh, yeah. I can't stop eating them. <laughs> How many have you had? Four. Four. <laughs> they're big too. <laughs> You, so you found them. Yeah, I did find them. Yeah, they and are. I was like, oh, why did he tell me about that? <laughs> did we mention that the pod or just outside no, of the pod? No, just outside of the pod. So background story, I was at Hannaford and um, found these salted caramel uh, cookies that Hannaford must make in their bakery or something like that. I think so, so. It's salted caramel chocolate chip type of kitchen sink almost type yeah, of cookie. Yeah, really. and everything. And, um, well, they are quite delicious. And I told <laughs> I told Joe about them, and now Joe is upset at me because he told me exactly where to find them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they are they have just normal chocolate chip ones there too. Yes. Because back before pre COVID, they had just like the thing where you could open the doors right. and like grab stuff. But yeah. obviously now with COVID, they don't want that, so they're already in those Package. specific packages. Um, but those cookies are. Oof. So I mean, yeah, sure, I can be a jerk, but I feel like that's also, <laughs> but like that's also, it's also a positive because those cookies are very good. Well, I have one really good positive for okay. you. Okay, uh, that photo you had on the B one today of the soccer game with the girl scoring the goal and the goalie diving may be one of maybe if not the best sports photo I think the press Republican has ever had. Really, you it think was that? Outstanding! Wow, well, thank you. You had the. The goalie diving, yeah. the ball going past her, the shooter watching. Yeah. It was great. Thanks. It was a wonderful shot. That should win an award. Oh, wow. Well, hey, I hope so. Ben uh, Rowe would even be proud. It was good. I need to look at it. <laughs> yeah, because he, he didn't look at my pages. Yeah. Ben. I, looked at, look. I, I chose the other photo just in the thumbnail, the one of um, the girls. Oh, did you really? <laughs> ben. But, oh, yeah. And the expressions are good. Yes, it's yep. a wonderful and shot. And local girl, Avery Durgan, Beekman Town alone. Yep, absolutely. Now, obviously, you know what you're doing and you're in the right spot, Aaron, <laughs> but a little luck is involved, isn't it? Oh, sure. I mean, when I was going with – the reason I was actually in that position was because a little bit prior to that, there was a corner kick. And then I didn't – I hadn't moved. And then a couple plays later, a little bit later, within the course of play – Avery Durgan came back down, and she kind of got free from a pass and ended up scoring that goal. Right place, right um, time. So right place, right time. But, yeah, it's always interesting at soccer games. I haven't tried it until recently. Sitting along the end line, mm-hmm. you get some really cool angles um, that you don't necessarily get from being on the sideline. The sideline gives you cool angles, obviously, from the midfield right. perspective. But if you want to sit on the goal line... And you kind of take yourself out of play when it goes to the opposite end. It's kind of hard to follow. You can yeah. see it, but like depth perception wise, it's a little tougher to like just watch the game to cover it. Um, but from a but from a photography standpoint, when it's right at you and they're coming right at you face on, it's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. I I, pre- I appreciate that. No, that, that was a- it was it was. I actually debated. You'll laugh. I debated whether or not to use that one or a different one that had Avery Durgan in it. But I liked how. 
it was all just framed. I liked how you saw yes. a little bit of the goal. You could tell photojournalist wise, like yeah. there's photography and then there's photojournalism. It told a story of the game too. Exactly. So that's why I wanted to do that. And yeah, it ended up being pretty cool. And uh, props to uh, the women's soccer team. They had a I mean, ter- terribly slow start and they were able to dig their dig themselves out of a hole. I saw that. But if, if I had been here, mm-hmm. I might have even argued to put that on A1. Really? Yep. Hey, wow. hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, and like I said, it is, yes, it is a really good. And it's the fact that from my experience in sports photography is that getting the right angle around the net can be weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because you have to stand, the net can block <clears throat> stuff, mm-hmm. and then you have to stand where you can see the person kicking the ball and the goalie, and the ball, and the net. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot that has to be. So, yeah. The and only it w- thing it was missing was the referee. Yeah. Going. Uh, <laughs> Gary Kaiser was at that. We don't want Gary Kaiser. He's already, you know what was funny? For people who know who Gary Kaiser is, he's, you know, he's a local official, and people know him from, I mean, I think I feel like everybody around here probably knows Gary Kaiser to oh, a yeah. certain extent. If you're involved in soccer, you know. Yeah. And uh, he had been in a photo uh, that I took during North Country, the North Country Men's Soccer League. And um, he was in one of the photos, and he he's like, yeah, me. He's like, I'm I'm becoming a star. I'm in all your photos. And he's like, that doesn't. He's like, I look so thin in your photos. Like, Thank you. And I said, well, it's all about the angles. It's all about flattery. It's like, I, you know, I, I I'd like to say that I prioritize the uh, the players, but sometimes you got to prioritize the refs a little bit too. You have to account for how they look in a photo. They're part of the game. So I did have one very funny photo. I did not. I I think I kept it, but never would have run it in the paper. Um, Plattsburgh. Uh, a girl on uh, a woman on Plattsburgh and a woman on Castleton last night. They were kind of going down the sideline, and it was a really good like battle for the ball, like right near the sideline. But in the background, there was a girl on Castleton picking her nose, and I felt that might be a little <laughs> yeah. felt like that might be a little mean to like run the photo with, with. So yeah, we're just picking casually picking her nose. So I didn't want to do that. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that, and uh, it was it was cool to uh, have uh, Plattsburgh State Sports back. Too. Yes, it is nice. Yeah, um, but on the flip side of things, a little bit more. Well, one nitty- last um, yeah, topic sure. before we dive into that is the fact that uh, I was pulling up. My Instacart. Yep. Are those generally what they look like, or is that just like a stock I can't photo? tell. Show show Joe. Does that look like yeah, they're in the bag? it's in the package. It's in the package? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, that's it then. All right. But they're not that exp- – they're not four forty nine. Wait, how many can you buy? Uh, it doesn't say account, but okay. um, $0.45 these are like, cents per ounce. So what's oh, that's – so that's not – Joe, that's not it. Interesting. Because that's like a box of them. So those no, must these be smaller. are individually big cookies. They're like a tech, it's like a Texas cookie. Well, I am not going to venture out into COVID world. I Instacart exclusively not. <laughs> wow. I no. still haven't gotten past my Instacart. It is handy. Instacart is good. No, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they're a boatload of calories, too. Yes. I know. Did you see? <laughs> I, I, I made the mistake of looking at... I like... I. I went for a run after eating one of those and I think I just did enough to just burn off the cookie. Maybe. Maybe. I think it was like 550 calories. Yeah. Something like that. And I will say is that that's another advantage of Instacart is the fact of, or whatever home delivery service you use for your groceries, is the fact that you're not there at the register or somewhere and they don't get you with all the goodies. Mm-hmm. Well, you're the like, funny oh, thing... I could pick up one of those cookies. <laughs> the funny thing is like, you, mm. they don't... Where they're positioned, they don't like stick out. No, they don't. Ah. They don't stick out. But I, I purposely, (laughs) I was kind of in the bakery area looking at stuff, and I found those, and I'm like, oh, I gotta try one of those. And yeah, I haven't. I've had strength. I have not had one 
<clears throat> since I told you about them. But now that we're talking about all this, I might have to. Yeah, no, I gotta venture, cut back. venture no over there. Maybe for like election, like you know, like election night type of thing. That can be the dessert. <laughs> <laughs> no, and my sweets lately have been my go-to semi-healthy sweets, but mandarin oranges. Mandarin oranges are yes. very good. Uh-huh. Yes, very, very good. I like yeah. those and clementines too. Mm-hmm. Like the clementine oranges, I like those as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, but. You mentioned, co- of, you mentioned COVID. Yes. And COVID is certainly becoming a rejuvenated animal to a certain extent. Well, I was telling, um, I think it was you last night, that, yeah, that COVID really <clears throat> surged back this week in a, in a big headline-making way. So. Yeah, it's unfortunate because we've had some more deaths, and Joe, you can go into that a little bit more, but just to kind of give a brief synopsis, there's been more deaths. The COVID case counts are going up, like skyrocketing again. We brought the COVID count numbers back to the top folio of the front page, which is, I mean, that was, when I saw that, Joe, when I saw that Ben had done that, that was like an ominous thing because that takes me back to like last year, like last April and May when we were doing the COVID counts. But what can you tell us, Joe, about where COVID is at? You know, obviously we know where it's at nationally, but what is it at at the local level right now? The numbers are rising and continue to rise in all three counties, Clinton, Essex, and Franklin. Franklin County is seeing large increases almost daily. Mm. Um, that's unfortunate. Um, I think they had a death recently as well. Um, Clinton County's numbers keep going up. Now they're changing some of the mask mandates indoors. Um, Essex County had has numbers gone up two deaths this week so far. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also adjusting their their protocols, um, and I think we're going to see more uh, regulations and restrictions if, if this continues. And it's hard to see any indication that it's not going to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the efforts are still out there to get people vaccinated, get people to wear masks. And I think the next thing we're going to see, if we haven't seen it already, and we probably should have, is a more of an emphasis on social distancing. Mm-hmm. Avoid large crowds. Yeah. Avoid indoor spaces. Um, we just have to do it. We Unfortunately, we are kind of back to the uh, early days of when this all started. And yes, it's a little different now in that if you're vaccinated, you're probably not going to die. Right. You're probably not going to go to the hospital. But you can spread it. And there are still a lot of people out there who are not vaccinated who can get sick. Mm-hmm. And now with school starting, you have all these kids, 12 and under, that are not vaccinated. Yep. Um, they're mandating masks in schools but the vaccine mandate hasn't come down yet has it been no not for um and again is that the vaccine haven't even been approved for the approved for the under 12 crowd so yeah. for teachers oh um no no no, no. Right. and that's going to be a battleground mm. uh but if you're in education these days and I think we said this in an editorial, why in the world would you not get vaccinated in order to protect children Mm -hmm. and their families? It's just that simple. And that's the thing, too. Um, You see see these people who are vaccinated, and they're still wearing masks. And some people, there's sometimes the judgment that, like, oh, well, you're vaccinated. Why are you wearing a mask? Well, maybe you have children. Maybe you work with children. Maybe you have somebody who's immunocompromised. Or, you know, or fighting cancer. Exactly. Like, There's a lot of different factors. You just don't know. And like I've said this on past episodes, 
don't like if somebody's wearing a mask don't judge them right and now i mean now you don't really have any ground to judge them because really you're kind of supposed to again um so with that all in mind i mean it's just i like what you said too joe the social that's an interesting that's an interesting discussion point the social distancing aspect of Mm. things that we like i mean we couldn't hear enough about all of that before um, we haven't heard much about that now. No, there that it's it's a it's a lot of like you know wear masks, but the social distancing aspect of things haven't heard much about that. Yeah, I mean, and and unfortunately, the dicey part of this is this is where it gets into it could affect businesses, namely restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, you tell people to social distance, avoid crowds. A lot of people aren't going to go to restaurants. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll get takeout or curbside, but. You know that's an impact, and that's where some of the disputes come. Well, you're you're shutting down business. Well, no, we don't want to do that. Obviously, we want businesses businesses to thrive and people to be economically independent. Um, but there and there are ways you can still um, uh, go to restaurants and do things safely, and that's what we're stressing. Do it safely. Um, and it, it's funny, um, you talk about social distancing. I saw a t-shirt the other day that said, when this is over, I still want a lot of you people to stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, they're going to be big proponents of social distancing even after COVID is done. <laughs> under- social I, distancing, God, I, it's been 20 years. <laughs> no, still, still. I understand yeah. the sentiment, but there are ways you can, um, do things safely. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the emphasis that needs to be out there. Well, and as Joey and I were saying last night, is that, you know, um, it's it's a lot of, um, oh, I just lost my wording there. It's um, a lot of calculations for every social situation. Yes. If you know the person you're hanging out with is young, they're vaccinated, you're outdoors, then there you go. That improves the safety. If it's um, older, unvaccinated, Indoors, cramped spaces, that's a whole other equation. So it's you just need to think of what you're doing and act appropriately. So, Yeah, and I mean, to transition a little bit to the education side of things and, and bringing and, and talking about schools specifically, um, some schools actually start Friday, correct? Yep, okay. tomorrow. So we're going to have some schools coming back Friday and then everybody starts on the Tuesday following Labor Day. Um, it's interesting how... I don't think, you know, I think for some people there's a level of hesitation still as far as, you know, going back, making sure things are okay, um, especially probably from an administrative standpoint because nobody wants to have to deal with, um, okay, oh, COVID cases are rising again. What are we going to do with the students? What about the younger students like you had mentioned? Um, but I think at the same time, I don't, I mean, I, I generally get the vibe of like nobody's panicking about schools opening but i feel like there are definitely a segment of the population that are definitely concerned about it to a certain extent oh no question um you know like i said i think the biggest concern or factor is the small percentage of faculty and staff will will not get vaccinated Mm -hmm. which makes no sense at all to me you're in a school it's a congregate learning situation look kids are there unvaccinated what do you expect Mm -hmm. um and, and I'm sorry, this, these arguments about you're taking away my freedom, the government's controlling me, just no and no. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Aren't we past that? Yeah, and, and especially now, I think I think this is the, the part that really 
is now gone in terms of that argument is because the Pfizer vaccine is totally approved. Yeah. That, when that vaccine got approved, and I think we talked about this on a past episode too, that would kind of change the narrative in terms of reasonings why people wouldn't get the vaccine. Now that, because it was, you know, experimental. Um, but it was experimental in the sense that it still hadn't been fully approved, but they had been working on it for a long time. They just happened to have to speed up the process because of the dire need for it. So I look at the fact that the uh, the vaccine is approved, at least the Pfizer vaccine is approved, Moderna one's like right behind it. That changes the narrative of things. And I I just I just believe that people should feel safe enough as long as as long as they know and as long as they have consultation from a medical advisor if need be, that it's totally okay to get the vaccine. Um, and the whole like like you said, Joe, the whole thing about freedom. That's that's a narrative that I don't really even want to get into because you can't I, have freedom. Bot- if you're dead. Bottom bottom line is I just I just don't agree with that. The whole the whole uh, the vaccine takes away my freedom. That's it's un- it's an unfortunate argument in my in my opinion. Well, and I guess the last thing that I would mention about um, before yeah we transition to schools and that kind of thing is the fact that um, an uncomfortable part uh, for me anyway of the. Um, the stories about the deaths that we've had in the past two days' papers, um, uh, as far as I remember, there's been, what, three deaths in the past um, two days? I think that's what it was. Mm. It's the fact that there are lines in the story that do mention that, from what I can see, at least two of those were vaccinated people. Yes. And so that, in the whole narrative-counter-narrative situation that we find our country in, Obviously, people are going to point to that and say, well, look, they were vaccinated. They were supposed to be safe. They still passed away, which is true. But as is addressed in by uh, Dr. Ritzema in one story, it's the fact that that is further proof of why booster shots are important for the most vulnerable, as he said, um, is that uh, once proved, we can expect boosters to further improve the protection against Delta for the most vulnerable. So... Yes, is the fact that and people have been saying this all along, is that for um, number one, is that from a vaccine, your immunity goes down over time. That's why we get annual flu shots. Mm-hmm. And that for older people who are not the sturdiest to begin with because they're older, they will need to get a little boosts. But that doesn't mean for the rest of us, <laughs> younger people, that the vaccines are somehow not as effective as we want them to be. But again, it's just the one I read that I thought, there will be certain narratives coming up from this that, oh, look, the vaccines didn't work, but that's not mm-hmm. the case. No, I mean, and, and we all are probably going to have to get a booster shot this fall. Yeah, and, and for me, sign me up whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Let me have it. Absolutely. And, and the story today that Kara did explain the difference between a third shot and a booster shot. Yes. Third shot was for those largely um, older, immunocompromised, mm-hmm. um, and more at-risk people. Yep. Um, and then and the yes. booster shot would be, I presume, for the rest of us. Well, yeah, and and I think for Dr. Ritzema, which, again, to plug any holes in anything, is the fact that I think um, perhaps medical officials can sometimes tend to use the terms a little interchangeably. But, yes, there is a difference between yeah. what the rest of us will need and what older folks will need. And the other thing I've noticed, and I think we've talked about it before, is with masks. I don't know about you guys. I haven't had the flu or a cold or a cough. No. Um, nope. In no. A, you know, quite a while. And yeah. I'm okay with that. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not a proponent of like wanting. I'm not even that type of person. You know, the old saying is like, oh, let them get sick a little bit. You know, give their immune systems no, no. up. No, 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 that's <laughs> terrible. Like the whole, you know, the whole thing of like, oh, let the kids roll around in the mud. They'll, they'll build up immunities. No, mm. like this is different than rolling around in the mud. Like mm. COVID is not rolling around in the mud. COVID is COVID. Yeah. And I, I also wanted to bring up that now that it's September, I mean. Right around the corner, if not there, I don't know if they're already out yet, flu shots. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be an interesting narrative as to what's going to happen once the flu shots uh, are available. Will there be a stigma behind the flu shot now because of the COVID shot? Will, what's going to happen with that? And what I have to say for that is this. Get the flu shot specifically because if you don't get the flu shot, and maybe you have the COVID, maybe you have gotten the COVID vaccine, but if you don't have the flu shot, then your body starts having to fight off maybe the flu, then you're susceptible to other things. And you just want your, your body and your immune system to be least, as least susceptible to any type of infection as possible. And you don't want your body having to be fighting off one thing, and then something else comes up, and then something else comes up. And I will say this, when I was a junior in college, and I, I probably mentioned this on the pod before on a different episode. When I was a junior in college, I did not get the flu shot. Just didn't get it. Not because I didn't want to get it. It was just because I was a junior in college and just everything was busy and I never took the time to do it. And I got deathly ill in May. Mm-hmm. In May. It, it was the flu and then it became walking pneumonia. And it was awful. Like I, I was 19 years old at the time and I had walking pneumonia. That's something that either a little kid gets or like an old kid gets. And I, and I ended up having it. It was terrible. So all I have to say is after that experience, well, I will never like, I, I will always make the time to get the flu shot. It's not hard to get the flu shot and it's not hard. Definitely now it's not hard to get the COVID vaccine. Don't be like ju- uh, junior year Joey. Get your Don't be shot. like junior year Joey. <laughs> I, it was bad. Like 102 degree fever. Oh, it was like for, no, two, I, for, two, we- for two weeks I was just miserable. I Absolutely miserable. I hear you. I think in the last 20 years there was one year I didn't get the flu shot and I got sick as hell too. Yeah. So I was like, I stand by it. Yep. Oh. I thought you were going to mention going into winter bringing up the fact that masks in the winter are actually pretty oh, freaking that, crazy. I said this to Joe. I said that to Joe yesterday. Masks in the winter are great. When I was covering soccer games in November last year, yep. when it was so cold, the mask was awesome. Yep. It kept my face warm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and then you have the hat on, and that's really and really then all that exposes like your eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not like your eyes get cold. You're all like, bundled up. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> And I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of like that too. It's kind of cozy, you know. It is. Uh, but but the cold, <laughs> the cold weather can stay away for a little bit longer. I'm good with the, this like mild summer slash kind of fall weather. I'm all about it. Yes. I'm all about it. By the way, a little Plattsburgh State update. So I finished my first week of classes at Plattsburgh State. I'm teaching sports writing there. Um, the class has been excellent. Um, Twenty two kids. They've all been very attentive. We went over box scores today, so that was uh, very, very interesting, and the kids learned a little bit about that. And for anybody who doesn't know box scores, it's just the thing that's the, at the end of uh, every story with all the statistics and stuff. Um, but being on campus, it's very, in my opinion, from what I've seen, just in terms of going, you know, being in classrooms and then being around campus, everybody's doing the right thing. I haven't seen anything where I'm like, oh boy, that's not probably a great idea. As far as interacting with people, masks are on in buildings when they're outside and you can keep distance, you know, masks are off, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. But I have been impressed so far with what Plattsburgh State has been able to pull off. Now, it's only a week, but at the same time, from what we've seen so far, I think they're doing a pretty good job. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a, you know you have that many people living in one community mm-hmm. like that. It, it can be tough to keep a handle on everything, um, and you know everybody obviously is watching it closely because we don't want to see anything explode there, like what happened at uh, Oneonta last year. No, no, that you don't want to have to talk to uh, who do, who did you talk to for that story? Yes, oh, Dylan Trombley. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. you don't want to have to have another conversation. With <laughs> I Dylan was thinking Trombley. about that the other day. Yeah, is that no? That was a that was a nightmare scenario down there. And but. by the but before we get off the COVID topic too, last I saw I don't know if it was Kara or Mackenzie who tweeted it. Last year at this time there were no COVID cases or something like or very little. Was that correct in this area? Is that. We were talking about this last night. Yeah. yeah. And one of the stories, yes, is that last year at this time, this particular this time was Mackenzie's story about Franklin County. Yes. Okay. That's what it was. So I mean, They had very low amount of cases and zero deaths. Yes. Yeah. Now I think they have 18 mm. deaths. Yes. Uh, so. And again, it's the fact that Delta is the difference. It's the fact yep. that last year, you know, um, yep. we were loosening up a bit, but we didn't have the rapidly infectious Delta around us. Mm-hmm. So. It's a whole different, it's a whole different animal. But on a lighter note. You want to pump us up? I do. Well, one last thing is... <laughs> Come on, Ben. I'm giving you a transition. <laughs> yes, that is. That's going, to be, that's going to be on Ben Rose Gravestone. One last thing. One last thing. <laughs> yes, one last thing is the fact that I certainly hope Mr. LaFranca only made the first week syllabus week where you just come in all right here's syllabus now get out of here no nope. <laughs> no nope. we've had we've had two assignments uh, we've had we had syllabus we've had blog we've had blog post one and now we have for going into this weekend the kids will have to do 10 uh box scores with, uh, link, with links that i've provided so to them how do they do, when they sit in the classroom do they all have their own laptops no, they use the oh some 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 opt to use their laptops and some opt to use the, the the computers provided to them. I'm I'm in a I'm in a classroom with computers. So, I, I'm in like a lab setting. So everything you do is on computer. Yes, everything. Okay. Like when I was doing my box score uh, lecture today, um, I literally was doing box scores on my computer and it was projected onto the screen. And the kids were following along, taking oh notes God. and doing it themselves. So you don't hand out carbon copies of. No, everything is pretty much paperless. The only thing that I, the only thing that I ask them to do, and it's really to make sure that um, I have it on time, like they submit the assignment on time, is like anything that they have to write, they also have to give me like a hard copy, on oh, to, just so I. It, and really, it's just so I know that they've done it on time because the way I have the class set up, everything's on Google Drive. So there could be scenarios where some sly fox decides to uh, slip in his uh, blog post at, you know, 5 p.m. when it was due at 11 a.m. And I don't want that happening. So. Joey says, I know those tricks, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know those tricks. You can't pull that over me. But I mean, and, and then for like this, these box score assignments that I have, I'm having the kids just email their their box scores to me afterward um for two reasons one keep it paperless and two if they all submitted their box scores in the same one well if somebody does it right then somebody else is just going to start cheating <laughs> so i gotta yeah, gotta yeah, have yeah, gotta yeah, have yeah. it correct but it's joe i mean box scores it's important that's like the foundation I'm, I'm molding these students into something the agate is everything it, yes. that's right that should be on the <laughs> branded branded into the sports department wall. Agate is everything. Yes. And speaking of sports, like we mentioned, uh, and Joe, you talked about it, Plattsburgh State Sports have returned. Yes. Um, the Plattsburgh men's soccer team won 3-2 to two against Clarkson last night. The women's soccer team tied Castleton 2-2. Two to two. And the women's volleyball team actually ended up winning uh, in four sets, I think, 3-1. to one. So oh, nice. props to them. 
Uh, their head coach's name is totally slipping my mind right now, but it was her first uh, win as a coach. So congratulations to her. Nice. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's just been super, uh, super excited. And high school sports are obviously back too. I've been at uh, Beekman Town and NCCS on Monday. Um, I will be at Saranac and Northern Adirondack Girls Soccer today in a little bit. We're recording this on Thursday. Um, yeah, Saranac's playing at 4.30 today. Yes, yes. So, And how now that the season has started, Joe, how has Miss uh, Mary LaTemplio been handling herself? Is she still doing okay? Oh, she, she's fine. I has she did did she has she like gone to a game or is she planning on going to a game? Yeah, she'll go today. Cool. Um, and, uh, you know, she misses it, but she's happy to move on. Yeah. And she wishes nothing but the best for Amber Liberty, Coach Liberty, and the, mm-hmm. and the girls. Um, she actually went to the Plattsburgh State game last night. Yeah, did you go to the game last night too? I showed up with two minutes left in the overtime. Really? You were that late to it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I felt bad. Well, I was just on my way home and I saw the lights on. I said, oh, they must still be playing. Yeah, so I swung in. You went to two overtime. It was funny at that game too. I didn't know what the overtime rules were. I didn't know if it was like play two overtime straight or it was like golden goal. So like I was like, oh, if somebody scores, I guess I'll find out. So it, so nobody scores, and it just ends at the end of the two overtime regulations as a tie. And I actually had to ask uh, Tanya Armelino, the women's soccer coach, after I said, this might be a little bit of an embarrassing question, but I just need to ask for my knowledge. I said, was it golden goal? And she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, it's fine. Everybody else was asking, too. She's like, I even <laughs> had to make sure to clarify because it was a non-conference game. Yeah. So, like, they weren't sure exactly what, mm-hmm. you know, what the rules were. So I was just kind of there taking photos. Like, oh, if somebody scores, I guess we'll find out. Uh, but that was kind of funny, too. But, yeah, that was a good game to start off the season. And um, for high school stuff, it's coming back. I know high school football will start a little bit this weekend. Kelsey Healis. Yes, congratulations to Kelsey. She is the women's volleyball coach at Plattsburgh State. Well done. Um, by the way, the last point, I saw a video on Twitter from the Cardinal Athletics account of the last point of the women's volleyball match that ended up winning it for him. An absolute smash of a spike. It was very impressive. So I think they were the women's volleyball team was playing Castleton too. And a, and a, and a woman on Castleton, she bumped it up, and it kind of like went too far, and it went to the Plattsburgh side of the net. And a woman on Plattsburgh just demolished that thing right down. And you yes. want to talk about a way to win a win a match? That was that was the way to do it. Set the tone. Smashing. And so for inside sports at Plattsburgh State too, all masks, no matter what, no matter what vaccination status you are. Yes. When you're outside, as long as you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. That is their current policy. Which right again, now. that's the calculation: indoor yep. versus outdoor. And they're they're allowing spectators at everything though. And I, from the video that I saw from the volleyball match last night, they had a decent crowd, and the women's soccer team had a decent crowd. I don't know what the men's soccer crowd was like, obviously, because that was at Clarkson. But um, it's yes. just nice. It's just nice to have a nice environment. At it sports is, today. and that's again another example of the difference with vaccines. Yeah, you can have crowds. Um, interesting story that came out of Albany um, when we had it in the newspaper with Joe Mahoney about oh yes how the the state uh, governor and the legislature want to um, keep government meetings remote and virtual. Well, and didn't um, didn't a source mention that heck they're letting crowds at the sports games? So. That's what I was just <laughs> going to say. Yes, uh-huh. is, is the governor herself? She went to Buffalo. She went to the state fair. She went to the Travers at Saratoga. Oh, really? Um, oh. She's been all kinds of public places. You have the Yankees, Knicks, uh, football games. Yeah, uh, Saratoga, large crowds. 
You mean to tell me you can't have a common council meeting? Yeah. With it seven is, people? It is a little yes, strange. Yes, and, uh, you know, as Joe could tell you, you know, local government meetings always the most packed places oh, in the... come on. <laughs> no. You no. know what that's about. Yeah, you just don't want to have people around. <laughs> we, we don't want to answer these questions. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I can understand it. Hey, I mean, <clears throat> from their perspective, props to them. They're trying to, they're trying to work the system. I can, give, I can give them credit. Our system. I know, but they're working it, Joe. They're working they're it. Like, they're like, poorly. Yeah. Freshman college students. <laughs> That's what it's all about. But, yeah, no, I mean, ultimately it's good to have sports back. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun to have, like, a crowd at a game again. I didn't realize until kind of being at that that game for Plattsburgh State stuff how nice it was to have fans. Yeah. It, it really adds a whole new environment. And plus, too, you, have, you always have a couple of the college kids who are rowdy. Yep, and they're always they're yep. always a little more chirpy than others. Well, that's what you were saying, Joey, back um, or you or Joe back in the Olympics coverage is the fact that imagine psychologically for some Olympians what it does to not yes. have the crowds. Yep, on and I do. Th- I, I actually Big think difference. I actually Big think difference. that played a role. Can you imagine? Not to, I'm not trying to drag her through the mud, but with everything that Simone Biles was dealing with, how bad would it have been if there were people there? Mm. I don't know if that would have been worse, or maybe that would have snapped what her back into it. It's hard. It's it's a factor. It's hard to judge that whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, by no means am I like taking a shot at Simone Biles mm-hmm. for everything she went through. I'm just saying, like, what would have happened in that mm-hmm. scenario? Because it definitely was different, and that's what that's what you're getting at. Yeah, it's so the crowd is not just window dressing. They're uh, they're an important yeah. part of all. And some players. I mean, I think I think the U.S. men's basketball team was a prime example of guys who feed off crowds, and they had nobody there. You get a basket and oh, yeah, good, right. <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was it was tough to to deal with that. What, but, um, at the game last night, did they have a concession cart? Not that I saw, actually. Oh, no, interesting. I'm not. You're always big on the concessions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's I, also a very important factor in sports well, games. <laughs> it is true. It is true. But no, not that I was aware. Not that I saw. Sometimes and, they'll pull that cart up. Yes, and I did not see that. Um, Maybe on the weekend. Yeah, may, I'm thinking because they're just non-conference, middle of the week. I can't imagine they would have thought that they were going to make too much money off of it. Yeah. Um, but maybe, yeah, later, like once Suniac games start and things like that, it'll get a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting to see uh, things come back. Super excited, and hopefully everything can just stay the course. And uh, I for, I think we talk, we, <coughs> how many times have we talked about this? Student-athletes need the sports. It's it's huge yeah. for their mental health. It's huge for their routines, and you take that away, and it's just a huge void that I can't tell you how many times during interviews I've had to ask. I've asked the question, just how happy are you to have sports back? And people are just elated. They're so happy. Like it's just a, such a refreshing thing for them to have that outlet back because it was missing last year. It's and there, it's a hard, it's hard, and it's hard to replace that. It's very hard to replace that. Yes. Um, and it, that applies to anything. You know, anything that was taken away by the pandemic. It was it was tough. And yes, and speaking of that, and Ben Rowe went uh, last Saturday. The return of honor what? flight. Oh, okay. Oh, I was, yes. I was gonna say it's the fact that we, you, Joey, you let your transition slip away. What was that? That I'm gonna pump up the audience. And that oh you, yeah, you well, yeah, because you said one more thing. <laughs> That's Ben's fault. That's Ben's yes. fault. His his timing is it's, it needs work. All right, yes. so we're gonna so we're gonna now transition. We'll we'll do yes. like the. You know the full-on notes here. We will transition now to Ben Rowe talking about the pump track. Ben, yes. take it from here. <laughs> yes, it's the fact that well, again, it's that last week. Um, Joe had said, you know, hey, do you want to go to the pump track thing? And at first, I wanted to let Fernando Alba, our reporter, go, and I was like, you know, he could go, but then I realized Fernando was out of town. 
And so I'm like, all right, I'll go to this pump track thing. And so I was a little skeptical. What is the pump track? Tell us. Well, that's the thing. I was a little skeptical when I saw the pictures of it. I'm like, what the heck is this thing? <laughs> and so, yeah, then I'll get back to Honor Flight. It's the fact that, yes, in the afternoon I went there. Number one, I was like, as with any opening ceremony, I'm like, is there going to be like two people here for this thing? <laughs> but no, is there were... Again, I did a rough count. There must have been at least 40 kids there for that opening, which around here to get 40 kids to come out to something that's pretty impressive. Yeah. But is that from my research is the fact that a pump track, the term pumping refers to when you're trying to build a speed in the bike, but you're not pedaling, you're just taking hills and building up momentum. Mm -hmm. And that motion of up and down and slowly, you know, picking up speed, that is the pumping of the pump track. And when I saw that, is that, number one, see the thing in a picture versus going there and seeing it, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool. Is that, and also, seeing it from above, you don't get the idea that there's all these hills and dips and all that kind of thing. And so to see these kids, you know, again, as I tell Joe, they're pulling off, like, X game tricks on these <laughs> things, is that you would start... And these were, like, 13-year-olds or whatever, which, you know, I guess Tony Hawk started out young or whatever, but to see them just like zipping over these hills and that kind of thing and no it's it's really cool just to stand and watch even if you're a parent or whatever just watching these kids hitting crazy speeds <laughs> and as i told joe is that then and you know and obviously it's it's funny in a in a weird kind of way but i was just waiting i'm like all right it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and then sure enough i heard like this clunk and then oh, no. there's a kid and then, <laughs> <laughs> now there it is yeah it's bound to happen but yes and that, growing up. Yeah. it is and yes and then um is the dad ran over are you okay are you okay and then yeah and then um but sure enough i looked in the little green helmeted kid he was back at it soon enough so there you go and yeah and, and that's i like your photos from that too by the way oh, it, it did show the the whole element of kind of the slopes and thing the dips and the turns and things yeah, like that. Yeah. And you can't see from the aerial view like the turns and like how they're sloped like yes. almost like a NASCAR track. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It is pretty cool. Well that's the thing, yeah. For me, yeah, that might have been the coolest thing is the fact that like you have these kids defying gravity. <laughs> it's a cool it's a cool angle for you too it as is. a photographer. Because <laughs> you don't it's that's not something you can get typically. No, and um and then I went over and and again, as I said, the podcast for us is a long story is that, you know, that I don't know how to ride a bike as there was, well, my mom was the one. We got to teach me how yes. to ride a bike. We'll do it right in the parking lot. Yes. My mom is the one who, I fell off my bike, I cried, my mom said, screw it. <laughs> Your mom should have gotten you back on that bike then. I didn't want to deal with that. But then I went up the kiddie track, I'm like, all right, this is more my speed, this is a kiddie track. No, those kids were like, the, the four-year-old. They're going was like, hard. Doing, yeah. yeah. They were, he was like going 50 miles an hour. I'm like, oh my God, he could run circles around me, this kid. When Ben said <laughs> the pump track, all I could think of was that SNL skit with those two I'm going to pump. Ha Hans, oh, Hans, Hans and Pump. <laughs> We're going to pump you up. <laughs> oh, that's a classic. Love that. Yes. They need to have like they a should advertise. They need to have a billboard of those two guys. Like, we're going to pump you up. And they're like having bikes or something. That would be cool. But as I wrote on the, um, as we wrote, um, is that I kind of used that as the basis of it, the editorial today. Yeah. Is that there's also, there's just something about, and we've talked about, oddly enough, more than once in the podcast. <laughs> like, hey, Arnold. 
yes. they're going out into the vacant we lot. We talk about Hey Arnold because Hey Arnold's great. Yeah, hey Arnold is awesome. <laughs> and where you got, as Joe mentioned, is you know you got the Sandlot baseball games. So going to the street and playing yeah. soccer or whatever. And it's just that going to that pump track and seeing the kids just zipping around. And then they'll stop and they'll, hey, what's your name? Hey, I'm so-and-so. Hey, so I'm doing this. And it's like, it was like good old-fashioned fun. The old-fashioned way. It's like, hey, yeah. you want to ride bikes? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it like, was. It's like the scene from Step Brothers. Like, you want to go do karate in the garage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no. So, is that I? it's an awesome thing. It's a whole community effort. And so... I have nothing but good things to say about. I was a skeptic, now I'm a believer in the pump And check. what about honor flight? And then honor flight is the fact, well, my, my one honor flight story is the fact that, for those who don't know, is for every, well, we've talked about honor flight before, they bring veterans from the area down to Washington, D.C. to see the um, war memorials yep. for all-expense-paid trip, which is awesome. Because um, for a lot of people, you know, um, from around here, they came back from war, you know, up here in the North Country, and it's, you know, it's quite a trek down to Washington, D.C., and so they might never have been, so to get a trip down there to see the thank yous for their service is pretty awesome. So I went, and the crowd was huge for that one. Um, I think both because COVID kept people away. This was the first one since 2019 due to COVID, and it was also a double, is that they took two planes of people down there. So that's awesome. See. They took two planes. They did. Oh, that's even better. And so to see all the family and friends and all the people there was awesome. But then one of my favorite parts was the fact that when they get up on the bus, all the veterans and headed off, a helicopter flew in and flew over. And I looked up and I was like, uh, "Is this is this part of the show?" <laughs> and then yes, is that I had learned that yeah, that it was from Homeland Security. Cool. And they did it. Is that they have like um, the fire trucks and the. Um, honor guard motorcycles and all that stuff and now they've added an aerial but for a second I was yeah. like wait is that supposed to be <laughs> what's what's up with the helicopter well, I, I was told afterwards that that is by far the most motorcycles they've ever had That's I, cool. I, I noticed that too. I think they were like I didn't notice it when they were parked but then as they because they do a lap around, around the, oval. the oval yes and, and then they like, filled the entire oval yes really <laughs> almost 400 bikes yes wow, and then I was like so whoa cool. wait where does it end <laughs> that's where does it end where does it begin yes it's like a giant snake amazing that's so amazing. cool did, no, I can't remember, Joe. Did you go with your dad? On I went with my dad out of Rochester in 2010. What are the, um, like, we see the send-offs and, like, them coming back, but what are the emotions like when they're actually at the monument? Um, and I also went to, two years ago to the last one in October of 2019 from Plattsburgh. Okay. It's, it varies. Um, the World War Two one, when I went on, um, there were some guys that, that got a little emotional. Uh, but most of them were just like, yep, yep, I remember that. I remember <laughs> this. They were having a good time. Everything was fine. Cool. Um, but some of the uh, trips that have Korean War and Vietnam War veterans, it's, probably a little it's different. a little different. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, it varies. Mm-hmm. Um, some can get real emotional. Many just get nostalgic. Um, but regardless... Uh, you always are going to get amazing stories mm-hmm. from these guys yeah. about what went on. 
Uh, not so much the bad stuff, but the quirky, funny stuff of being a soldier. <laughs> right, right. The stories are priceless. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's what's so cool about it, too. And um, I've mentioned it on, on the pod before. Uh, when I was at Pottsburg, uh, we, we had a, I had a public relations class where our client was North Country Honor Flight, and we helped uh, have, develop a couple like strategic plans for them to try and find uh, veterans because that's a huge thing that mm-hmm. at, during that time – there was still a push to find World War II veterans. Yeah. Um, and I think that push has now shifted to Korean and um, Vietnam vets more so. And even Cold War. Um, oh, Cold War II, yes. Yeah. That's, that's well, yeah. Um, but that was like the whole thing is like try and find these veterans. And sometimes you find them and they're hesitant to go because maybe they don't know as much about it. So like the whole thing of our class was to develop, you know, get some funding for them, but also to like – have a better understanding of what North Country Honor Flight is and Honor Flight just in general is. Um, And I think that's a thing that for anybody out there, if you know a veteran who hasn't been on one of these, give them the chance to have that opportunity. And -hmm. if you know them well and they don't have a chaperone that can go with them, be their chaperone. Mm -hmm. I mean, do the things that you have to do to try and get these, these men and women to these monuments to see them. Now, obviously, you can't force them to go, but at the same time, you can definitely encourage them. And I think that's half the battle sometimes because, like you said, Joe, it, the, the emotion side of things, some people just don't want to relive it yeah. because it, it was terrible. Um, and we can't speak to that. We don't know what they saw. We don't know what they experienced. Mm-hmm. But it seems like once they get down there, um, even the ones who are a little hesitant, they, they come back happier. Oh, yeah. And props to the organizers, Barry Finnegan, uh, Jan Dupree. Love Barry. Chris Creed. Yeah. Um, they do an amazing, um, over-the-top job of organizing these things, taking care of these veterans and their guardians, and uh, just a wonderful effort. So kudos to them. They yeah. deserve it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Well, speaking of um, former Assemblywoman Janet Dupree, is the, I managed to bump into her there. And one of the best parts, and heck, you know, I would say for me personally, it's, and again, I told her this, is that it's one of the prime reasons why you should go to a send-off event beyond honoring the veterans is just hearing the fact that Janet Dupree prepares these little bios for each of the yes. veterans. And hearing the little bios, as Joy was saying, hear the little stories. <laughs> it's like there's genuine laughter that comes out of hearing some of the <laughs> oh, wacky it's, stories. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And so I asked her if we could publish some of those, and she um, sent me them and said absolutely. And so we got a few of those cool. um, awesome. in the paper and wanted to read a couple of them. Um, a couple of my favorites is that David Primo, a Navy veteran from the Korean War, he wanted to ride a camel <laughs> while, in the, while in the service. The camel's owner said, what can you trade? Dave gave the owner his sunglasses, and he got his camel ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And then, let me see. Good for uh, him. <laughs> and then Robert Woods, a um, Korean Army veteran, um, he carrying Class A uniforms on backpacks. They wiggled items from their packs. Hanging clothes on pipes brought a quick announcement. No hanging your clothes on the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> Let me see. Um, yeah, things like these are priceless. Yes. And then where is it? One last one was... the. Uh, I like, too, how as Ben's finding that. I like, too, how it seems like when they read these, some of these people might not have ever met the other veterans before. Yeah. But when they hear a story like that, 
or when they just can they obviously have that relationship no matter what but when they hear a story like that they can relate to it because they probably have a similar story totally. now obviously probably not the, the nobody else probably like rode a camel uh but <laughs> but you know they have like those similar quirky stories and i think that helps relate and i think that might also like because they usually read those before they go off right yeah yes. so that relieves like probably a little bit of the tension as it's well. an icebreaker because mm-hmm. i'm sure there is like a little bit of tension involved at times mm-hmm. yeah and then lastly, um, Donald Cassidy, a Cold War era Air Force um, veteran, he traveled to Japan, France, Germany, England, Turkey, Greece, Italy, and then in North Africa, he married his first wife at a landfill. Don said he should have known the marriage wouldn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty I remember, funny. I think it was the last flight in October 2019, there was 15 veterans, 14 men and one woman. And Janet said to the woman, so you're obviously, you're in charge. <laughs> yes, yes. And she mentioned that um, to Nobody yes. complained. <laughs> yes, there was, um, there was another, yes, Arlene Gosnell, a um, Korean Air Force veteran. And yes, is that she was in charge of the, the, <laughs> the, uh, t- the as Janet said, the tough assignment of, yes, watching out for these men. So. Yes. But no, it's that, again, um, it is the whole... It is early, is that everyone acknowledges that, and everyone jokes, you know, hey, good morning. But when you leave there, you feel totally refreshed. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. It's a very good thing, so. Oh, yeah, and there's no question about it. And I think that is a perfect way to wrap up the episode. I think but so. you can listen to this podcast on com. I'm not going to hear about the corn maze. I haven't been to the corn maze yet, Joe. Right. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I don't even know yes, what you're talking about, so I am he's too. He's going to a corn maze. On September 11th. Are you here lost? Yes. Yeah. Are you here lost in the corn maze? <laughs> At uh, Rolf's Orchard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Hey, while you're there, just take a couple of ears of corn with home. Exactly. Maybe. And a couple of pies. Yeah, yes. a couple of pies. Hey, if they have some apple cider. <laughs> if they have any salted caramel chocolate chip cookies there too, grab yes. some from me and Joe. <laughs> But you can listen to this podcast on FreshRepublican.com. And like I said on last episode, too, we did have an issue where the audio file, for some reason, wasn't going up on our website. I have corrected that. The audio files are now there. Um, But you can also find it on uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, I should say. I always, I've been saying iTunes. Like, Uh, what happened to iTunes? Like, it doesn't, it's not like there anymore. It's kind of like Apple Apple Music or whatever now. But it's it's out there. And you can also find it on SoundCloud. And you can also find it on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages. But on that note, Joe, why don't you go ahead and sign us off? Thank you once again for listening and for your support. Happy September. And everybody... We wish you a little week's time.